you know, there are ways in which you can price that makes uh, price in a way that makes consumers feel great about the food that you're buying and great about the experience and also be able to get a better experience. And so, you know, those restaurants are the ones that have been able to find, uh, find those strategies and are continuing to um, iterate on that as well. What's up, Zach Oates here, author, entrepreneur, and customer relationship guru. Welcome to Give an Ovation, growth strategies for restaurants and retailers, where we find industry leaders to share their secrets to grow your business. This podcast is sponsored by Ovation, the actionable guest feedback tool that works on or off premise and is easy, real time, and actually drives revenue. Learn more at OvationUp.com. Welcome to another edition of Give Innovation. I am joined today by Colin Webb. He is the co-founder and CEO of Sauce Pricing, a super interesting dynamic pricing platform. He's also a Forbes 30 under 30 MIT grad and, by the way, class president. He is fluent in Spanish, Italian, Mandarin, Chinese, and we'll see about English. But most importantly, he's just an all-around great guy. Colin and I have hung out at some trade shows. We had a great chat a couple weeks ago, and... Uh, Really excited to have you on the podcast, Colin. Awesome. Super excited to be here and I've uh, enjoyed, enjoyed seeing your podcast. I've enjoyed your energy. You enjoyed hanging out at the trade shows. Um, I, I'm always learning from your team and in one way or another. So excited to be here and uh, awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, English Czech. There we go. So wait, Spanish, Italian and Mandarin Chinese. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, in college, I was trying to uh, take advantage of all of the free travel opportunities I could get. So uh, ended up doing some AI research in Mexico, teaching some classes in Italy, and then um, and then doing some entrepreneurship uh, programs out in, in, in China and Hong Kong. And each way I was able to kind of pick up the language. Super cool. Yeah. Well, talk to us a little bit about sauce. Now, uh, what is it and what isn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, sauce is essentially a way for restaurants to be tremendously more profitable by taking a data-driven approach to their pricing. And so, you know, we plug into a restaurant's systems, whether it be their delivery systems, their aggregator systems, or their POS systems, we're plugging into it all, understanding their data in three forms, demand, cost of goods, and competitors. And taking all of the work that restaurants would have to do regularly in order to manage their pricing in a smarter way and allowing them to implement expert pricing strategies in one click that are dynamic with the changing market environment. So is this something that like a Wendy's would use or something that like a Tony's pizza down the street would use? Well, both. I mean, as a restaurant, you've got you've to be profitable and you've got to grow. And one of the big tools uh, for reaching that profitability and that growth is, is pricing. Every single restaurant has to figure out um, their profitability as a business overall. And so, you know, whether it's, you know, your largest restaurant chain, like your McDonald's or your Chipotle, for example, uh, Chipotle and their spring earnings report credited pricing for being one of the reasons why they saw this major growth over the last year, or whether it's your small. It's not just Chipotle too. I mean, you look at what happened with Dine Brands. They just, uh, you know, pricing was a huge reason why they were able to bump up. And you look at other brands who didn't take as aggressive pricing um, pricing hikes, and they're they're eating their shorts right now, right? Yeah, and it's it's less about taking aggressive pricing hikes and more about taking the right 
pricing changes, yes. um, yeah. smart pricing adjustments. And so, you know, there are ways in which you can price that makes uh, price in a way that makes consumers feel great about the food that you're buying and great about the experience and also be able to get a better experience. And so, you know, those restaurants are the ones that have been able to find, uh, find those strategies and are continuing to um, iterate on that as well. So first of all, dynamic pricing. Yeah. There may be, I think everyone has some notion of, of what it is, but I also feel like, as we've talked about on the show before, there's the F word that comes up all the time with dynamic pricing, which is fair. What, what is fair? How do you make sure that this is fair? My big question is, and, and what's, what everyone is wondering is, is dynamic pricing going to work for restaurants? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it will work for restaurants. Um, and one thing about dynamic pricing um, that we all have to remember is that dynamic pricing has actually been around for thousands of years. So even thinking back to 2000 years ago, before technology, um, you went to the market and you would, you know, ask for a particular item. The vendor will tell you, hey, it's this price. You say, hey, you know, I don't want to pay 10. I want to pay six. And, um, and they say, okay, well, I'll give it to you for eight. Right. Mm-hmm. That's, that itself is dynamic pricing, right? You're paying for, um, you know, what exactly you want to, you know, pay. Um, as time has gone on, you know, you had this transition throughout the industry um, and throughout the world where, you know, retail created static prices, where it was just operationally more simple for retailers and for restaurants to have a statically priced item that they were selling in order to, um, you know, keep their inventory managed properly. So you think of a retail store. Scalability, right? Exactly. Um, You know, just in order to keep their operations and to have large restaurant chains, you know, you needed to have a physical printed menu that was standard across the board, right? Um, and now with technology, uh, we saw this jump first, obviously, with e-commerce, um, with uh, hotels, with flights as well. With technology digitizing these industries, you're seeing, you know, the ability for these businesses to change prices, kind of returning to our old way of, of, of pricing, uh, but change pricing in a much more profitable way, but also in a much more, um, you know, convenient way for consumers. And so, you know, in flights, you know, you're rewarded if you're able to buy flights early by getting a better price. Um, you know, when you're shopping on Amazon, you know, they're giving you tailored discounts um, and tailored pricing to you, depending on what you're willing to pay. Now, restaurants um, are obviously, you know, doing dynamic pricing already. People feel like it's fair. And, you know, the way that they do it is that, you know, if an item is a high demand item, um, you know, restaurants might increase the price of that item. Uh, and, you know, that, send that to- day or you're saying like in general, they do that now. Restaurants are restaurants are doing that now. You know, they're popular items. Uh, you know, they might say, hey, this item's getting really popular. Obviously, we want to make sure that our business is uh, something that can can profit. And so, you know, as you know, costs change because costs are like a big driver for restaurant sales. Restaurants are figuring out ways to increase the prices of their, you know, items as it relates to costs. Uh, they're also doing happy hours, which is, yep. you know, effectively dynamically pricing, right? Um, encouraging consumers to buy at different times such that they can get their food um, and, and, and not quite, you know, overwhelm the kitchen during busy times or, you know, essentially like 
allow restaurants to gather additional revenue during during lull times. Yeah, I mean, for example, Ovation, we do a lot of text marketing with our yeah. clients, right? So we have a text marketing platform and it happens all the time where people are dynamically pricing, but in a different way. They're yeah. dynamically pricing with discounts and yeah. they're saying, come in and get uh, a free drink if you order between three and five. Come in on, uh, today's your rainy day, come in and get uh, free fries with your meal right? Like it, that's dynamic pricing, but really that's dynamic discounting. What you're talking about is if we already do it the one way, why not do it the other way, right? Why not change that pricing so that way, uh, you know, hey, come in at five, you know, come in after five today and pay $10 more. <laughs> like, obviously that's not a good text marketing platform, but that's that's kind of the concept, right? Well, it's it, it's both. It's both. Um, it's the essentially ability to, uh, you know, for for the example of the restaurant that has a lull period and then gets super busy at one time, they don't want to overwhelm their kitchen staff, and they also don't want to have people waiting an hour to get food. That's just not a good experience for consumers. And so, right. um, you know, in this digital world, there are a lot of things that consumers are already paying for for convenience, um, even on delivery platforms. So, you know. If you're ordering during a super peak time, you might pay more from a delivery fee standpoint in order to you know, get your food during that time. Um, it's the same thing when it comes to pricing um, and also you know, restaurants when it comes to managing their costs of goods. They're already increasing their prices in order to be, you know, in order to maintain their profits as a restaurant, which is just something that you know, they have to do in order to continue serving their customers. So talk to let's let's talk a little bit about menus because I know that you've got some thoughts and feelings on menus. I do as well. We've talked about it numerous times on this show. Yeah, I look at um, you know one of our uh, good friends Gregory's Coffee. I tell the story about how and I, and I got a Gregory on to have him tell the story himself. But he had his grandmother's donut recipe, and they sold these donuts out of Gregory's Coffee. But the problem was it was the only thing that they that they used their fryer for. And so they decided to take grandma's donut off the menu, right? And to sell other pastries and, and baked goods that are were easier to sell. Now you talk about an emotional versus business decision. Like that's really tough to do. But let's talk a little bit about, about menus. Yeah. How should we as restaurants look at optimizing our menu to one, get the most revenue from it. Um, and, and two, what do we do with the, you know, and, and get the best cogs out of our menu? Yeah. Yeah. Great, great question. And that's one thing that, um, you know, many restaurants are trying to figure out today as well. Um, you know, whether it be, you know, your large restaurant chain, like a, like a sweet green, which uh, one of our, one of our investors and advisors, Nick Jamet, founder of sweet green, um, you know, basically a lot of, Pointed out, point out a huge issue that a lot of restaurants have where, you know, because they're not um, as efficient at being able to optimize their menu in terms of, you know, how much people need and, you know, what exact items need to be on their menu, you know, a lot of restaurants are throwing away food waste at the end of the day, right? And in order to, in order to essentially stop doing that, you've got to be able to optimize your menu in a better way. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that restaurants will think about their menu, um, you know, one is, and in a lot of ways that they should think about their menu, one is like, you know, obviously the items that are selling, focus on those, the items that are not selling on your menu, 
might just be things where, you know, you can be more efficient by taking those very few sold items off of the menu. Uh, from a delivery platform standpoint, uh, we've seen restaurants who will have too many items on their menu on the platforms, and then they get delisted from DoorDash or delisted from Uber in terms of where they start, uh, flow up in search rankings. And so Wait, being able to think, delisted uh, because they have too many items on their menu. Really? Their menus are too long. They yeah. will. I, I've never heard of this. Uh, they de- they'll delist you for just having too many things on there. Yeah. So if you're, if you're a restaurant that has, um, you know, if you're a restaurant that has like, you know, 500 items on your menu or like, you know, super huge uh, or super long menus, you might get um, delisted on those platforms. And so, you know, we've seen restaurants that, you know, maybe they have a bunch of different variations of their menu and it's like, you know, just way too many, um, you know, way too many iterations on there. And from a consumer side, you know, you don't want to have analysis paralysis and you know, yeah. have a thousand different options to choose from. You want to know what to eat. Right. And you don't want to have to sift through it all. And so being able to take advantage of that can actually help you from an SEO standpoint and, and being able to uh, just reach more customers there. Um, from a cost of goods standpoint, obviously, you've got to figure out as a restaurant how to maintain strong margins and where on your menu items you can have a stronger margin, where on your menu items where, you know, you might not necessarily have the best margin, but this item is going to drive sales. And so we do a lot of research around uh, particular item sales and get down to, you know, what items are high retention items, where is that chicken sandwich that's on the menu and you may not realize it, but if someone buys that chicken sandwich, they're 75% more likely to come back and buy more from the restaurant. Yeah. And so as we know, you know, restaurants get, um, you know, restaurants get, revenue and customers from those, those repeat sales, right. And that just a huge driver of business and being oh, totally. that information um, to drive your pricing strategies is, is, is essential. So talk to me about what's like a real life example of how dynamic pricing can work. Like I'm, I'm Zach's Zach Shack burgers. What do I, what do I do? How do I, uh, how do I use dynamic pricing to help me? Yep. Great question. So, you know, there's a couple of steps that you would take in order to use dynamic pricing, right? Um, first, you'd want to make sure your business is, is profitable, right? So you're going to look at your Zach Shack's burgers. You're going to look at the cost of goods and find out, you know, what margins have actually changed. Likely you're in a place where, you know, your costs of food might have risen since the last time you changed that food price. And you're just losing margin because you know you changed your price of food six months ago and five months ago, the price of food rose again. And so you've got to be able yeah. to be responsive and reactive to that. There are platforms that allow you to do that instantly rather than you know being less profitable for six months. And so you look at that, but obviously, you know, you don't want to just increase those prices without being aware of what's going on in the market and what's going on uh, from a demand standpoint. And so you look at COGS and then you look at your demand and figure out, okay, well, you know, is my demand growing such that I can actually increase this price? Um, and is it growing relative to the market? You look at your competitors and understand, hey, do I have wiggle room mm-hmm. from where I'm pricing compared to where my competitors are priced? And can I make this change? And then all of those factors considered, you can actually get to 
prices that will drive you know additional sales without um, necessarily uh, hurting your customers and also just allowing you to provide a better experience. Now, there's a more frequent way of managing your prices. So like, obviously you'll want to do that on a periodic and regular basis as COGS competitors demand is changing, but maybe there are particular events, particular holidays where, you know, you know that your business is going to get a huge inflow of sales. Maybe it's going to overwhelm the kitchen. Maybe, you know, you're going to have to, you know, staff your restaurant uh, higher for that particular day or for this particular weekend, et cetera. Um, maybe you don't even have the staff available to serve all of that. And so you're, you're trying to figure out how you're going to manage that huge inflow and keep great food quality. For a, a situation like that, you know, you might decide, hey, you know, let me increase my prices for this weekend or let me increase my prices for this particular day. Nowadays with platforms, you can do that at scale. With digital, or sorry, with physical menus, that was, you know, virtually impossible. But nowadays on delivery platforms, on first party ordering systems, on QR codes, um, on digital menu boards, you can do that. And so restaurants are starting to wake up and see that. So what was virtually impossible today is possible because of virtual. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And I think all of this, all of this bleeds into, we're trying to make sure that we have a great guest experience with all of this right because it's so important at the end of the day that's what it all boils down to and so how do you look at um dynamic pricing and guest experience and i guess what would you think is the most important aspect of guest experience relating to dynamic pricing yeah convenience 100 so interesting convenience convenience uh, now quality is the floor People want quality at convenience, where if you are a consumer ordering from a restaurant, you know, you don't want to wait a long time for food and have that food be cold or have that food be bad or have that, um, you know, that experience just, it just is a bad experience for you as a guest. And so, you know, restaurants, obviously, you know, there's ebbs and flows of restaurant demand that, you know, you have to, you have to be conscious of. And dynamic pricing is something that can allow restaurants to mitigate those ebbs and flows while still being profitable, um, where people as consumers are paying, um, if they're paying higher during a particular time, they're paying for the convenience of being able to eat at their best place while also being able to get their food extremely quickly, extremely hot, extremely well prepared. Interesting. Love that. So what are some successful tactics that you have seen or tried lately? Yep. Um, So obviously... Oh, that we've seen or tried. Uh, great question. Or, or, or no restaurants. Yeah. Uh, so from a, from a restaurant side, um, you know, there's a couple of successful things that we've seen. One is, you know, obviously restaurants being able to extend their reach uh, with delivery and augment their sales by extending online. It's the same thing that Jeff Bezos noted uh, when he started Amazon. You know, you can you can sell seventy thousand books in a bookstore, or you can sell an unlimited amount of books online. Right. And so restaurants are tapping into that unlimited, um, you know, extended demand that's, you know, really driving a significant amount of business nowadays. Now, we've seen restaurants also be successful extending their table serving capabilities using QR code ordering. So managing like, you know, when they're short staffed um, using QR code ordering and using automation. And then obviously, you know, on the pricing side, uh, we've seen restaurants using pricing and promotions as a means of routing 
demand. So as, as routing demand, and then also, you know, being able to take care of those, those costs that are changing. So, you know, essentially during higher demand times, you know, consumers are paying for convenience and restaurants are able to be more profitable and actually keep their businesses alive. Um, you know, as costs are changing, we've seen restaurants be able to react instantly to that, um, taking a smarter pricing strategy approach. We've seen the, you know, the case of dine brands or Chipotle, et cetera, being able to be a lot more reactive to that. And then obviously from the promotion side, happy hours have been around for a long time. And so, you know, restaurants can benefit from being able to drive volume to those, those slow periods where, um, you know, they can be more profitable overall just by having more orders. Interesting. Yeah. I think that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And I think as we're thinking about dynamic pricing, the big takeaway for me is don't be afraid. Dynamic is not a dirty word. It's something that's been done for a long time. And it's something that we uh, historically as restaurants, we've done for a long time, but we just do it in chunks. We do price increases menu-wide or price increases on certain items, or we remove avocado from something and we have a $1.50 upcharge for it. These are all things that have to do with dynamic pricing. But what, what companies like Sauce is doing is making it easier for the technology to find out what is happening, what should we be doing, and then you know, uh, doing things that are just helping us increase that, those profit margins. So I think it's definitely something that is newer to restaurants, not because it's not going to work in restaurants, but because we are historically slow to adopt uh, technology. And this is one of those technologies that's, that's coming out and it's coming out hot. So uh, Colin, who, are, who, who deserves innovation in the restaurant industry? Who's somebody that you think we should be following? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned you mentioned Dine Brands earlier. I would definitely give a shout out to Jessica Jackson. Um, Love her strategy at Dine Brands. Um, you know they they've been kind of leaders when it comes to virtual brands. Uh, they've been leaders when it comes to profitability amid like massive cost increases. As you, as you look at their latest earnings earnings report, um, but then also they're doing a lot of work. Um, with regards to pricing and, and dynamic pricing as well. And so certainly uh, someone to look at. Awesome. And how do we find and follow you and Sauce? Yep. So we're, we're Sauce Pricing, uh, both on LinkedIn and on Instagram. Awesome. Well, uh, I got to tell you, Colin, for showing us that you can go to MIT and be a good time, today's ovation goes to you. Thank you so much for joining us on Give an Ovation. Hey, thanks for having me and, and really appreciate it, Zach. Glad you're with us today and thank you. Thank you to the risk takers, the troublemakers, the crazies who are keeping this world clothed and fed. You're the ones who deserve an ovation. Again, this podcast was sponsored by Ovation. To see how we can help you grow your business, go to ovationup.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And as always, remember to give someone in your life an ovation today.